Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Rayburn Alexander and Shane Windham. Shane, catch everyone up on your world. Well, I found out my son's been doing more than making friends at school. Apparently his little ass kissed a girl and his teacher had him running around the classroom singing, I kissed a girl and I liked it. He's not even three. Mm. I was 17 the first time I kissed someone. So yeah, I'm jealous as hell. Stood. But I'm happy he's wasted no time living his best life. Mm-hmm. I was uh, happily awakened this morning when I checked my phone to see that our cousin Megan is now married. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they went ahead and had the wedding. Um, very happy for the both of you. Congra- Wish nothing but the best for the both of you. Congratulations, you guys. I'm sure it was beautiful. And I got to see a, a picture of Uncle Mike. It had been a while, so I was, I was happy to see him. See Grizzly Adams out? Last I saw him, he was growing his hair out. Kind of. Sweet. Kind of. And I remember that was his thing for a while. He was he liked the, the free the flow, flow and yeah. yeah. Him and him and your father come from the same place. Oh yeah. They can um, braid each other's hair. We need to issue a few corrections. Yes, we do. So we'll start with you because you missed your song recommendation last week. You never said the name of the song. I I did not say the name of the song. Um my song recommendation last week would have been Hey Jude. By the Beatles. How about that? Yeah. I actually got a message <laughs> this past week from uh, Toby, which is Nolan's father, asking, hey, uh, did you know you left out your song suggestion? I assume it's Hey Jude because he knows right. the relationship. And I said, yeah, it's Hey, it's hey Jude. So, But it's funny because we're actually covering the Beatles this episode. So yeah, look at it. Full I'm, circle. I'm looking forward to it. My correction was simply that uh, the intro to the Limp Biscuit album, I think, was from Results May Vary. That's the one that sounds like Eric. Mm-hmm. They never actually say Limp Biscuit on the intro to Gold Cobra, so didn't I feel like an ass? Well, look at look at you correcting yourself. Yes, I, you, we don't expect you to know everything at all times. <laughs> I I'm, I don't know everything. <laughs> I don't hold myself in really high regard either. Yeah. I, um, what's been going on in your world? I have been applying to jobs. So LinkedIn is my new best friend. Um, updating my resume, and yesterday. I went to my brother and sister-in-law's housewarming party and gave them a lovely gift of a rooster dinner dinner bell for their country <laughs> living life. So they have already found a place to hang it, and she gonna call the kids in when it's time for time to eat some vittles. Yeah. So, and that's something I meant to talk to you about before the podcast, but never did. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we did not go. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of debate throughout the week, but one of my wife's students had COVID mm-hmm. and is no longer in school. Hasn't been for almost two weeks, but there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. surrounding that. And Taylor was at his grandparents yesterday and we were decorating for Halloween. So lots of reasons why we just did not hit the road in spite of wanting to go see the new house. I know that they will appreciate you guys taking the extra precaution. It was very small. I mean, my my parents were there and then her parents were there and that was pretty much it. We maybe had two other people there. So, I mean, it wasn't anything big and we all, you know, stayed spaced out. So. And obviously I still see you and I sit in a confined space with you. So anybody that was there, I would, but as far as uh, me purposely exposing people when I don't see the need. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a weird ass year and I'm tired of it. I know. Me too. I'm Usually I'm not so weird about like hugging people, like even you, like usually we would hug before like I would leave. I think the last time you hugged me was near my birthday <laughs> and I think that was a gift. So Yeah, but it's I, difficult because I am a hugger. Yeah, 
So we've been trying to not hug each other and keep our distance. Correct. So we've been good about it. Is that all you had? That's all I have. So we are ready to roll the intro. You got to pick our lovely list for the week. What did you go with, Raven? Top 10 Halloween songs because it's spooky season. Yeah, spooky season has arrived. Yep. You've officially decorated for Halloween. It's here. Yeah. I've been decorated for the past two months. Yeah. I, I actually feel bad that we didn't decorate sooner because now they don't. the decorations don't get to stay up as long. Mm-hmm. But my kid's going to be very happy when he gets home I have and a- sees all the decorations. I have a question. Have you guys uh, decided on if he's going to dress up or do anything for Halloween? Yeah, we uh, we bought a PJ Masks outfit because he's one of those that loves to scream Gecko. He's going as Gecko? The... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gecko's my favorite. Yeah. He's he's stoked. Nice. He got That'll to put it on cute. once for a second and we made him take it off. He was all sad. You know, after <laughs> after Halloween hits, you got to let him wear it as much as he wants. Yeah. Let him go to school in it. I might. Yeah? I just might. How was picture day? It was, it was interesting because I took, I think I posted a picture online. I took pictures of him before we left for school that mm-hmm. day, had no trouble getting smiles out of him. And they gave us five photos back. Not a single fucking oh, smile. No. But it's very telling because we don't get many pictures of the faces that he's making in these pictures. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. Is what it? was not fun was getting online and realizing that they price gouge the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. You can't just buy mm-hmm. Like the five photos individually. It's like $15 for each digital photo. So, Dude, I would just take that picture that y'all took of him on the couch beforehand. That's such a cute picture. Yeah. He's so smiley. Uh, It was his first year and I I don't remember. I was given a reason of a list of reasons why Why we needed to buy the pictures. So we bought the pictures. Good. I expect to see them next time I'm at the house and full framed. Why don't you go ahead and start us on songs? All right. My first pick for top 10 Halloween songs is what some on the movie Stone Age would refer to as a pussy song. Somebody watched it. I did. It's Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Blue watched it with me. And he's just looking at me and going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, but I did watch it. Not sure what to say about it. Very good. Thanks. I'm very pleased. Thank you. I, I, although I didn't listen to the song that you wanted me to listen to last week. That's okay. I'm going to go back and listen. I don't to even remember. Oh, uh, yeah. The Marah song. Yeah. It's okay. We'll get there. Good. What's your, what's your first pick? My first pick, because I was scared that we would actually have some overlap this week for the very first time. And we might, but my first pick was House of a Thousand Corpses by Rob Zombie. Zombie's a Halloween powerhouse. This song and the film it comes from. Remind me of how scared my Aunt Jennifer used to get any time we'd get too far out in the country. She'd seriously risk running out of gas to avoid stopping at stores in the middle of nowhere. After a while, we just started playing scary music in the boonies on purpose to freak her out further. Nice. Probably explains why, to use her own words, she's no longer such a puss. We've said puss too many times already in the yeah. this episode. My next pick is This is Halloween. By Marilyn Manson. Dig it. I love Manson. 
I love Nightmare Before Christmas, by the way. It's a Halloween movie. Fight me. For those of you that thinks it, think it's a Christmas movie, I probably just offended the masses. I like it right in the middle. I was trying to think. Like Thanksgiving. I, I'm pretty sure Megan and I settled on something because uh, I've always hated the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. Mm, I like yeah. I like most of them, but the Thanksgiving one just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. When I was working at Blockbuster, um, Sasha, the EXS, the rapper guy that yeah. I worked with, he um he said he's from Canada and he said that their go to for Thanksgiving was always Yellow Submarine. Oh yeah. So they played it in the store and like as a background thing and you're hearing the music. It, it feels right, but when you sit down to watch it, mm-hmm. it's like, this would be Thanksgiving if I was on acid, maybe. Yeah, which could happen. Yeah. I mean, probably in some families. Your pick, uh, did you want to tell listeners where that comes from? What do you mean? This is Halloween's from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, but it's not from the original soundtrack. They re-released a guest soundtrack, right? Yes. A um, lot of famous groups. Yes, Korn did a song. Uh, don't Don't ask me what it is. Corn did I a think song it's kidnapped on... to Sandy Claus. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So they did that. Um, it's basically just a bunch of different famous artists redoing yeah. these songs. And Manson's the one that did This Is Halloween. And that's the version that I appreciate the most. Really great listen. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. What's your next pick? My next pick is After Hours by Knox Arcana. This is my go-to artist for Halloween instrumentals. Again, that's Knox Arcana. Their material always makes me feel like a kid again. I remember having a scary storytelling competition on the lakefront by where I lived in those younger days. My friend Jason beat everyone out with his spin on the Bloody Mary legend. I'm still pretty freaked out by it, actually. And it saw a few of those in attendance absolutely refuse to go in the lake from that moment on. Uh, this kid, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about him quite a bit today because uh, he was a big part of my younger life and those formative years, things really scare you. But. Yeah. I I remember, I think about it all the time because I almost never go to sleep with my feet out from under the covers. Yeah, tell them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was his ass that's responsible for it. So. Nice. What's your next pick? My next pick is House of the Rising Sun by Lauren O'Connell. This song was also featured in, I believe, American Horror Story Coven. This is a cover of the House of, House of the Rising Sun original which now I didn't make a note of who does the original, which the original is still pretty eerie to hear. I I think it goes back pretty far, but I want to say it's Eric Burden and the animals. I think you might be right. That's the version that I would know. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. So I just, I like this version because it's a little bit slower, a little bit more ominous to an already ominous song. And if uh, I'm going to make it public along with this top 10 list, I already have a Halloween playlist year round because I'm a spooky person and I'm going to make that. Yeah, I'm going to make that public so that if if anyone cares to look at my more personal lists and bypass my top 10 list, they're more than welcome to check it out because there's a lot of stuff on there. I found out recently that uh, (laughs) and I should have known this because I do it with your profile, too. Like when I I don't subscribe or follow the Mm -hmm. playlists. But people still go and listen to them much more than you might yeah. know. So I don't know. Just in in case you ever wonder, people do still go and listen to some ah, of this stuff. Even. Okay. They just look you up individually because when you follow a playlist on Spotify, it appears in the list of your playlist yeah. on the side and that can get kind of annoying. I have, um, I think I did that with Hopeless Oceans and Pegnote for years. So they're in mine to go and click. Pegnote is such a mess. I had an idea, by the way. What? 
uh, maybe we shouldn't be talking about this on the podcast, but sure, we'll throw it out there in case listeners want to give us some feedback. Maybe we keep doing the end of season specials publicly. And what we focus on on Patreon is more like peg note competitions, music guessing game competitions. Mm, Uh, You and I going back and forth with other people's playlists that they send us to see who is more knowledgeable of that sort of thing. Yeah. Because I think we could get away with it there. Like playing the actual music. Yeah. I it's always interesting to get somebody else's list because like you and I have extensive lists. Yeah. And usually you won't it's it, it always sucks like going up against you on your own playlist and me up against my own playlist cuz we have an, a bias already. But people love watching us fall on our faces when they've got I know. their own. I know. So, um it's like they're playing god in a way. I loved getting drunk with Jennifer and oh playing some god. of this. And this is what it was the whole night. You couldn't just be right or wrong. Well, you could be right. Mm-hmm. And she disappointedly moved to the next track. Like, oh, you know it. Okay. Yeah. But when you didn't know it. Oh, she shamed you. Yeah. It was hardcore. You don't know this? What like, the fuck is wrong with you? Let's listen to it for a few yeah. more minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So the thing that always love gets, her, so. <laughs> gets me about Jennifer... And still, if she's listening to this day, anytime I talk about Jennifer, I go, because we were competing against each other one night and Jennifer was running the game and I would get one right. And she would like praise me hardcore and she'd look at you and go, she fucking stomped your ass. Yes. To this day, that's all I think about with Jennifer, just shaming you for not getting something right. The first time we ever played a game like that, a music guessing game, Mm -hmm. was with Joel. And uh, good person to play it with. I didn't realize (laughs) from that first experience that I would be any good at this. I thought I was kind of slow Mm -hmm. because you throw that motherfucker in the mix and Mm -hmm. somebody that DJs. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that has an extensive knowledge being a DJ and didn't he run karaoke for a little bit? Yeah. I think he still does. He's still out there doing shows and bars and lobbies and stuff aren't packed, but you know. Doing Joel things, man. We're. This is turning into last episode. What's your next pick? My next pick is Cry Little Sister by Gerard McMahon. I think it just happened. It did. (laughs) Yes. I should have known better. This is the theme from the Lost Boys film. And it's here, not because I love that movie, but because it was pretty much the only Halloween film I saw as a child that didn't freak the absolute fuck out of me. Some of my earliest Memories of films revolve around these Halloween ones that I was, let's face it, too young to be watching. Shit like Dolls, Hellraiser, It, The Exorcist. Fuck Dolls. Yeah. You guys. That was the first. Screwed me. That was the first one I ever saw. And I was very young. And we were in the country at like my great aunt's house. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Mm. But, uh. Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street. My father thought it was so hilarious that I was scared of Freddy that he got me a goddamn Freddy Krueger nightlight that was the <laughs> size of a box fan. Anyway, props to this song for being so good, even after my having listened to it hundreds of times. Very nice. I will let you repeat this one if yes. you want. <laughs> Which we- is, I put it on my list and I, a part of... Like in the back of my mind, I was sitting there going, I know this motherfucker is going to put his on his list. But I was trying to not go, you're not going to find Monster Mash or Thriller. Not to say that those aren't good songs, but you're not going to find that on any of my lists. Yeah. 
Um, so I tried to go with my more personal Halloween songs, and that made the list farther down. And I'll just repeat myself when we get to it. But lucky for you, I stuck to just ten today. It was difficult. I know. <laughs> I and I could have I could have easily done more than twenty, but I'm like, no, I don't should wanna. have had a bonus or something. Is what we should have done anyway. Go ahead. My next pick is "I'm Your Boogeyman" by White Zombie, or often referred to as Rob Zombie, but I think he was still White Zombie. It's this point when this was made yeah um i'm your boogeyman it is a cover don't ask me who did it originally don't ask me either i'm not i'm not that's why i didn't even look at you (laughs) it's it's there's a lot of zombie songs that resonate with me for halloween but this one is just fun number one you don't expect this song out of zombie at all but it's it's a really um interesting take on this song which I mean, it's it's funky. It's a, it was originally created, I believe, in the seventies, um, and it's very roller rink disco esque. So when you add on that um, rock metal sound to it, you don't think you're going to get something interesting, but you do get something interesting, and it's something that strikes a positive chord with me. Yeah. So, I'm your boogeyman by White Zombie. What's your next pick? Wolf Moon by Typo Negative. Another powerhouse group for the witching season because they instantly set the fall mood. I was introduced to Typo by my aunt's ex-boyfriend Harold. I remember thinking it hilarious that he claimed to love the Bloody Kisses album because I quickly discovered he only ever listened to the first three or four tracks. And just bringing up that album makes me miss my brother-in-law, Sean, for he's also a fan of Typo Negative. Maybe someday I'll be with him in Japan, drinking beer around a fire and listening to this sort of thing. I still hate you for going to Japan and leaving me here in the States. We were just talking about them the other day (laughs) because Blue was a... I'm joking, by the way. I don't hate you. He might hate you a little bit. I don't don't hate you, Rayburn. Okay. Um, We were watching, I think, Avatar and Blue paused and he goes, doesn't that guy look like Sean? I said, yeah, Blue, it's Sean. He's an avatar. (laughs) (laughs) And we got to talking about going back to Japan. And I told Blue, let's take a vacation. And he goes, you want to go back to Japan? I'm like, fuck yes. Can we do that like right now? But we didn't get to see them when we were there. I was so sad. Yeah, they're kind of in the country. Oh, yeah. Because Aiko was like, which I just said her name, but we already said Sean's name. Aiko was like. They're not going to care. I know. Like, come stay with us, you know, your free room. And I was like, yeah, sweet. And then I got to actually looking about where they are versus where we wanted to stay in Tokyo. And I'm like, it's a four hour train ride. Yeah. So, but I'm going to have to see the country at some point and actually take Sean and Aiko up on their offer. It's pretty. Yeah. What's next for you? My next pick is my personal choice for Melanie Martinez's spookiest song. It's Carousel. Um, it's just got that um, carousel clowny vibe. So those of you that don't dig on clowns, you're probably not going to like this song. But if you're going to a clown haunted house, they most definitely will play this. <laughs> Alyssa, I'm sorry for taking you into a haunted a clown haunted really? house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the funny thing is, is we waited in line. It was like a whole circus theme. There were clowns everywhere. And I was like, you know, just be brave. I'm right here. I'm right here with you. And she uh, and her spouse at the time were like locked arm in arm. Right as we get up to it, like she uh, she was so brave up until we got into it. They split them apart, split us into two groups. Like, okay. I was... Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching too many horror movies. <laughs> like physically separated like, her from herself. How does that work in real life? <laughs> 
my parents were with us, me and Blue, her and her spouse. They divided us into two groups. So it was me and Blue and her spouse and then my parents and my sister. She lost it. They closed a gate in between us and made us go. (laughs) And we were like struggling to find each other. By the end of it, she's bawling her eyes out because there's clowns with chainsaws chasing her and harassing her throughout this and i did not get to be with her to like give her moral support so i'm sorry Alyssa. we don't ever have to go back to screams again i think it's to say that you would have been moral support is probably a stretch <laughs> i'm pretty good when it comes to haunted Shit, houses i am not we went to uh i went with our cousins uh, toby and brad and brian mm-hmm. I don't even remember what it was. Cutting edge. Cutting edge, yes. You told me. The most terrifying haunted house I've ever been in. And we've done some weird out in the country haunted house type shit. It's in an abandoned meatpacking plant. Yeah. I remember I got in trouble because they were doing uh, one of the Kanye songs from Yeezus. Like there was like this glow in the dark Mm -hmm. painted guys that were drumming in the middle of it. And I got in trouble for filming. Oh. So I was all cracking up and thinking it was hilarious. And we got a little further in and shit started to get kind of freaky, like scary. Yeah. And uh, not sexual. Brian, Brian is clinging to me, right? He's, really? He's just got my shirt. <laughs> and we went through a room where stuff was swinging around and you couldn't tell what was happening. And so I lost Toby and Brad. And we wound up going through like a door that we weren't supposed to go through. And we kind of walked through the back employee area on accident, which was just as fucking terrifying. There were clowns and zombies back there taking their smoke break. Yes. The scariest yes. part and of Yes, looking the- at you like, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? <laughs> ah. They were still, yeah, they were still in character and everything. And then when, when we finally get through everything, there's just this tunnel of bubbles that you have to walk through. And it seems like nothing until you try walking through bubbles that are, you know, seven foot tall for breathing. a solid 50 feet yeah you know yeah have the shirt up over your face and still feel like you're suffocating yeah i think the only picture you, you, i think you might have posted is when you guys came out of the bubbles and you guys just like had splotches of bubbles all over you yeah we drove by it the other day and i was like oh that's that place that shane and them talked about the devil bubbles and they got caught and don't let don't have your phone out. Just walking in, you'll know what you're in for because mm. they make you cross these bridges with tunnels of spinning lights. Ah. And it seems like nothing. You watch people walking through and wonder like, why are they fucking like clinging and moving side? It's because you feel like you're falling. We did that in San Antonio at the Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah, I thought I was like upside down <laughs> and shit. I was like, what sorcery is this? Anyway, what is your next pick? My next pick is The Haunted House by John Carpenter. I know most folks are keen on the main theme from the Halloween film, but this one gets to me. Uh, I think I've heard the original too much for it to really be scary, but Haunted House, they also riff on that with Laurie's theme from the soundtrack. Yeah. John Carpenter's great, by the way. Mm -hmm. His scores are stellar, and uh, I think there's an album out there that's got like all the best of his material. Fantastic. Um, Anyway, having said what I did, I can't hear this without also hearing the main theme. Mm Mm-hmm. I may have talked about this before, but Corey and I broke into my mom's place when no one was home and sat at the piano in the living room playing the main theme from this film in the dark. (laughs) We were, no surprise, stoned out of our minds. Mm. Grandma came home and didn't seem surprised at all to find us there in a pitch black room playing Michael Myers music. It also says a lot about 
you guys growing up and that was probably normal because you guys were always way into scary scary movies than like my side of the family i don't ever remember us sitting around and watching horror flicks ever wishmaster maybe i remember thinking your mom was going to crawl under a table whenever anyone would sing the uh, children of the corn theme so i'm not really surprised she still hates that yeah um another thing i wanted to mention right now while we're on this topic or we were kind of on the topic of uh pot and all that that was a few years of my teens yeah i have rarely indulged in my adult years it has been a long time yeah since I was anything even close to a routine user of this drug. Yeah. Not ha- that it matters in the slightest. I hate to disappoint listeners that we're not we're not stoned when we record the podcast. Although yeah. we might sound like it most of the time, we're not. There's still times when I hear music and I'm like, I want to get high and see how that feels listening to this stuff you that's new to me. You don't know how many times when we've covered an artist and I'm like, oh man, this would be interesting under some sort of influence but i'm like nope i started out doing these ratings not under any influence even drinking i won't even really drink when i'm listening to it just because i want to be in the same sort of mindset across the board yep for scientific purposes obviously (laughs) so been trying to be good when it when it comes to rating my music anyway congratulations on being good thank you i'm almost 30 i'm usually good sometimes i'm drinking but what was it uh you're you're Facebook inquiry about the trees. What is it that you said? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was off in outer space. Facebook entry about the trees. You were drinking. You said I may or may not have been drinking. Oh, damn. Trees and brains. Yes. <laughs> if, if trees had brains. I'm just being stupid. I know. That's all it is. It's a I stream it of consciousness funny. thing. I'm I heard. An idiot. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's move on to our first artist, which was my handpicked artist for mm-hmm. the season. Mm-hmm. Which was Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. The first album we covered was the self-titled from '97. Uh, perfect rating. I as oh wait oh damn Four, I don't have my fourteen fives. Okay, wait, can you can you say that again? Perfect rating. <laughs> I knew it would come in handy. That's a, that's a little better actually. I like that. See, yeah, I'll keep it turned up in case you have another one for Third Eye Blind. All right. <laughs> perfect per- rating. Perfect rating. It's fourteen fives. Top track and bottom track do not exist. I tried. I really did trying to oh think God. of it. Okay. I couldn't. Okay. Okay. Perfect rating. We get it. I assume this was your top? This was my top. Okay. And depending, I think that's the problem is depending on when you ask me and when I'm listening to, I really feel partial to certain tracks more than others, but mm-hmm. it's always been all over the map. We get it. Please don't hit me in the knee with your massive, massive chub for... Third Eye Blind. Hit you in the knee? Hit me in the knee. Or like <laughs> I don't know. I don't apart. know what, what you got down there. I, I assume things. I'm I just appreciate saying. the assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if it can reach that far, please don't hit me with it. Oh, my God. Anyway. How did you, how did you feel about this album, Rayburn? <laughs> this was my top album as well. I gave it nine fives. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, my top track was God of Wine. My bottom track was London. I will say this album, you can start and not skip a thing. It's all good. I did not. I gave one, two, and that was for London. But even then, it still wasn't that bad. It wasn't painful. It wasn't our one. Right. It just was my least favorite out of the quality songs that are also on the album. I was very surprised. And I'll say later on again, 
This band was so much more than semi-charmed life. That isn't even like the tip of the iceberg of what they can offer. And I did not know a lot of what they had to offer. So a discovery week for you is what this was. Yes. And I thoroughly enjoyed listening to them. And I'll get into the specifics why during the questionnaire. Some things um, about this album in particular on Spotify. The version of Graduate that's on this album is not the original. Uh, If you want to hear the original, you can go to their Greatest Hits album that's up to, I think it's called A Collection, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Semi-Charmed Life is another one. During the breakdown, there is a vocal part that if you've only heard this song on the radio, you wouldn't know existed, and it's phenomenal. I remember my friend Mondo, when this album first came out, before I sat down and listened to it, I think we were in seventh grade. He uh, he kept telling me how much the last three songs on the album. It's like I can't understand why these aren't on the radio. You have to listen to this. I and gave he them all was fives. he was fucking right. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, gave a lot more fives on this album than I thought I would because I've seen the cover. Um, Jumper is on this album. Yeah, and Semi Charmed. I always want to say Semi Charmed kind of life because that's what they <laughs> say. Semi Charmed life is on this album, and that's usually all that people know. Graduate. How's it going to be? How? Oh, it? I didn't know how's it going to be was on this. Um, I forgot about that. But yeah, those songs you know. But there's there's a lot going on in this album that is easily listenable, especially if you're into the whole like '90s alternative sound that was mm-hmm. popular in 97. So. I am slightly surprised. Not not really surprised. I How I thought pleasantly you, surprised. I thought you would struggle with uh wanting to feel favoritism for our next album, which oh, is Blue from <laughs> 1999. Uh one of my favorite album covers of all time. Couldn't even tell you why. Uh, this was actually next to last for me though. Oh, okay. But hmm. not saying much. Uh, I gave it 10 fives. My top track was Wounded. My bottom track was the Red Summer Sun extended coda. Mm. Not the song itself, but there was a part that played at the very end of the album that would have been a hidden track that just put it in the real song. Yeah. This was my runner up. Hmm. Yeah, I'm expecting a hmm. Uh, I gave it six fives. My top track is Deep Inside of You. My Whoa. bottom track was Camouflage. So... Yeah, and those those two songs, uh, the Red Summer Sun in general, and then uh, Camouflage, they were fairly experimental, mm-hmm. and some of the stuff they did there just didn't work. Yeah, and as as well as it should. Yeah, I rated Slow Motion the instrumental version because yeah. that's what was originally on the album when I purchased the CD the day it came out. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it still got a five for me. Nice. What's the next one? Next one is Out of the Vein from two thousand and three. This was my runner up. Hmm. I'll be the first to say this album, if you're anything like me, is one that grows on you over time. The more I listen, the more I love it. It did not start out that way when I first heard it. It was one of those albums where you only really like the first few tracks, whatever. My runner up, I gave it 13 fives. Top track was Self Righteous. Bottom track was Another Life. Okay, so it's funny that you said if you're that type of person that only likes the first couple of songs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first four songs I all gave five twos. <laughs> it's got five fives from me. This was second to last. My top track was Misfits. My bottom track, Self-Righteous. Yeah, Self-Righteous, again, it's one of those things that it's taken years for that to just be something I want to listen to over and over again. Misfits. Good. And that's, yes, very, okay. very good. That's one of those uh, 
songs that really surprises you. It's an enjoyable experience as you're going through and then you hit what you think is the chorus and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's pretty good. And then you hear the real chorus. And you're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's I, very relatable. Uh, yeah. Because I'm a misfit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that don't fit in. Yeah. What's our next album? Next album is Dopamine from 2015. There was another album between these two, but mm-hmm. I did not pick it mm-hmm. because if Third Eye Blind fans want to come at me, not my favorite. I think you would enjoy it, okay. Raven, and it is an enjoyable album. I just wanted to put their best foot forward. Got and it. I'm glad I did since we were going up against Beatles. Yeah. This was my middle pick. It got 12 fives from me. My top track. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 12 fives? How many tracks are on the album? 13. I missed one. Would there's only twelve listed on Spotify. Yeah, there's a hidden track. There's a hidden track. Okay, I didn't count the hidden track as an individual. It's one. really short. Uh, it's it's another coda. It's just a piece that was left off of Rites of Passage. Okay. That they put at the very end. It's decent. Okay. I just would have left. Dang, it on I the thought mind. we had another perfect rating. <laughs> no, no, it, was, it should have been, and that's the thing. It's all fives except for that little hidden track. Mm-hmm. Which again wasn't bad. It just it's not connected to anything. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of floating out on its own. Doesn't yes. really have a place where it belongs. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, the previous album was only lacking perfect rating by one track. That was the very last track, which was also a hidden track mm-hmm. on the original. Anyway, top track is one that I don't think most people will agree with me on, but it's Blade. And my bottom track was the Rites of Passage Coda, obviously. Okay. How'd you feel? This was my bottom. I gave it a four or fives. My top track was Dopamine which is the title track of the album. And my bottom track was Say It. Uh, The top track, Dopamine, actually reminds me of... I tried to find which song by OK Go that it reminded me of. Okay. But it it reminds me of... I guess it's, it's the intro that... I, I I don't know. I guess it's the instrumental right before they start singing. It reminds me of an OK Go song. If you can listen to Dopamine and figure out which OK Go song I'm referring to, please comment on any of our social media and it's help me out. It's driving her crazy. Please it is, help her. It is. So, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was just my least favorite, this album. Not to say that it's bad. I gave the majority of it uh, three, fours, and fives. So it's very easily listenable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my lowest was Say It, which I believe was two. Usually I go with the lowest rating for yeah. my bottom track. And that one, again, is something that I didn't start out loving. I do now. A lot of his Stephen Jenkins lyrics will slowly get you over time and pull you in. Um, what I wanted to say about this CD is that it is slightly different than the disc-based version in a good way. The Spotify version of Back to Zero, which was the other contender for my top track, has a spoken part in it that does not exist on the disc. And, uh, yeah, I think one of the songs on this CD was also inspired by Bowie. I could be wrong about that, but I think Get Me Out of Here has definite Bowie vibes. Mm. And I think he talks about Bowie at some point in in the album. Anyway, I'm I'm rambling. Hey, this is one of your favorite artists. This is the time to ramble. Man. It is. And there are a million things I want to say, and I'm never going to say it all. So let's just move along. Next album was Screamer from 2019. Um, this was at the bottom for me. But again, it's not saying much. I gave it nine fives mm-hmm. out of the 12 tracks. Top track, Turn Me On. Bottom track, Two X Tigers. <laughs> this is an abomination of a song. Invent your time machine, Mm -hmm. go back and change this specifically. Just make it go away. I'm probably triggering somebody out there. I I just hate this song. Well, you're not triggering me because this fell in the middle for me. This album did. I gave it eight five. So just one less than you. Damn. 
My top track was Tropic Scorpio. My bottom track, 2X Tigers. Yeah. I made a note that says, too much autotune sounds like T-Pain. Yeah. I don't know what this was supposed to be. Yeah. This was very, very... I, I appreciate the way that they put themselves out there by doing something different. And it's very different from their normal stuff. I just don't think it hit the way that they wanted it to. Right. So if you want to do it, sure, go ahead, do it. Just tweak it, revisit it. Quit trying to be like T-Pain, which was, I mean, this was in 2019. So like the whole auto-tune T-Pain sound isn't really popular anymore. Yeah. So maybe they're just trying some new things. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I would say about this album is a lot of their music reminds me of people that aren't necessarily romantic connections or anything like that. Just people that I've really loved throughout my life. And uh, this album in particular, there's a song called Ways. And I think of Joseph every time I hear it. Nice. I think it's just a perfect fit for the Joseph I knew when I was young. Mm -hmm. And he's still very much that. It's just... He's an adult that we're, has children yeah, we're get, and he's we're a father getting, now. We're getting older. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when those kids grow up, and but you still recognize the children that they once yeah, were. Yeah, we're all, we're all scared we're going to hurt ourselves and stuff yeah. at this point. So <laughs> They let us run with scissors now and nobody, wor- nobody yes. worries about our well-being anymore. What would you say is Third Eye Blind's weirdest track? 2X Tigers. Already told you how I feel. You? I said camouflage, but 2X Tigers was my backup. I was torn between those two. I think 2X Tigers was meant to be an experimental thing. So the fact that they were trying, um, that's the reason why it didn't get my weirdest track. Camouflage, I think they had a better handle about what they were doing. And it just, they should have known, they should have known better. It's a, Camouflage is a really good song. It's just got some strange vocal mixing. They do a lot of panning and like bringing it forward and the vocals forward and backwards. So it mm-hmm. sounds like it's echoing mm-hmm. and it it's just strange. Yeah. What was your best title? God of Wine. Mm-hmm. You? Darwin. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. It's an interesting song too. Yeah. And in a way, it also kind of reminded me of the... Not the way it sounds, but just the subject matter reminds me of the Big Bang Theory yeah. <laughs> intro. It's kind of telling a story. I mean, you get what you expect out of the song title, exactly. which is Darwin. Exactly. So I just thought it was interesting because it's it's not something that a lot of people discuss for fear of pissing off the masses. So I just thought it was refreshing and it's not a bad song. Yeah. And so. if nothing else, uh, lyrically, I don't think Jenkins gives a fuck about pissing anybody off. He's yeah. just going to do what he wants to do. What was your worst uh, title? Oh, I'm sorry. I it's was, okay. I was trying to ask you, but I couldn't get to where we were. Um, worst, tete-a-tete repertoire. Worst title was 2X Tigers. Mm. I would have called it Ronnie Dunn Talk to Russia. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You? I said Camouflage was my worst title. Uh, what I would have used instead was Secret Strange. <laughs> Sounds like a sex innuendo. <laughs> it makes you want to listen, does it not? Yeah, it does. More so than Camouflage. Anyway, what would you say their strongest element is? Relatable lyricism and strong melody work. Could not differentiate between the two of them. Jenkins is phenomenal. I said something to the same caliber. I said... Lyrics and ability to switch between mellow and upbeat rhythms easily. Yeah. I saw that in some comments, by the way, that people were really, uh, they dug the way that the group changed pace. Mm -hmm. I'd never even thought about that, but. Going back and listening to it. I do like the roller coaster, so maybe that's why. Um, What would you say their weakest element is? Experimental vocal mixing. It's rare, but it is their weakness. 
uh, just look at 2x tigers look at camouflage uh, red summer sun i think does some of it too or maybe not maybe that one just has like a really high-pitched chorus mm -hmm. anyway i said some experimentation yeah if you're going to experiment, just know that it's a, it can be a hit or a miss, and you got to be willing to make the sacrifice of a track listing to see if it's worth it. Yeah. So sometimes it's not, but hey, uh, you put yourself out there. Who do you think that Third Eye Blind sounds like? I think it sounds like the soundtrack of my life. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Not a lot of people know what that sounds like, but maybe if people continue to listen, they'll find All out. All you have to do is listen to Third Eye Blind music, and you'll know what my life has felt like. Okay, a more specific answer, because that's what people are here for. And technically, it says sounds like. It doesn't say who does it sound like. So it's Goo not Goo always Goo Goo Dolls. Gonna... I'm cutting you off. Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls. Matchbox 20, Dashboard Confessional, at times The Cure, and OK Goo. Okay, so the other stuff added in makes a little more sense. I'm Goo Goo Dolls. I'm guessing you're going for the... Uh, the more mainstream side of Goo Goo Dolls, because those are two songwriters. Do you ever listen to a Goo Goo it's Dolls not, CD? It's not necessarily the songwriting. I think it's the guitar. Okay. So I, I if you. I hear if I hear elements of like instruments, I will still put them down that they sound like somebody else. It doesn't have to be singing. It doesn't have to be their uh, lyrics or anything. If I hear like a comparison in melodies and instrumentals. I'll put them in there. Okay. So I think that Goo Goo Dolls instrumental reminds me a lot of Third Eye Blind. Makes sense. So when to listen or how does the music make you feel? I would listen uh, when I need to feel good about feeling bad okay. and it makes me feel young. Okay. I said, and this is for their two different types of paces that they focus on, late at night staring up at starry skies or on a sunny car ride for the upbeat tracks. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's a feel good group in most places. Yeah, it's a two. It's two different sides of the same coin, which a lot of a lot of us have our ups and downs. And I think that this artist was a, is a really good artist to listen to. Yes, and one of the things that really sticks for me is even when they do the really heartbreaking stuff, which does exist. There's something about it that normally feels good. Mm -hmm. Like it comes from a place of innocence and yes. like purity in a way. And sometimes you need that when you're trying to bounce back. Mm -hmm. What was your first or best experience with Third Eye Blind? I went with my best. Uh, one of my exes used to enjoy making love to the slow motion instrumental. Slow motion full man. I know, <laughs> no, not, not that song. Not that. I, I, that's not a bad song either. <laughs> no, it's it's Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not compared to this one. It's okay, not. Okay. Anyway, you go ahead. I said my best experience was this week. I love a lot of what they have to offer, and I didn't know that before this week. I'm glad you enjoyed the week. Thank you for suggesting it. I don't get everything wrong. It's I, good to know. I, uh, ah, you still get some stuff wrong. No, I, I said not everything. Oh. That would imply that I get most things wrong, which I think that I do. So. Okay. Who would you want them to collaborate with, and what song would you like them to cover? Mindy White. That's the one of the vocalists from early Lydia and the main vocalist from States. What I would want Third Eye Blind to cover is a song called Running From Your Dad by Bowling for Soup. Okay. I think that could be fun. Okay. You? I did not pick a song, but I did pick a band. I would like them to collaborate with the Smashing Pumpkins. 
That would be cool. I think that that would be really cool. I could not decide on what song I would want them to cover, though. But anything that they can put together with Smashing Pumpkins, I think would be interesting. What makes this artist seem unique? Almost every song sounds inspired. That's all I knew to say. What about you? Reminiscent of vintage alternative 80s melodies with upbeat vocals and additions. Yeah. I heard a lot of... um, The reason why I say The Cure is because I got a lot of Cure vibes, I think, in those later albums, which I love The Cure. So it was just something that I appreciated that they added their own spin to it with the 90s alternative, but you can tell that they take a lot of inspiration from those slower 80s melodies and 80s alternative groups. Yeah. So not that like symphonic sounds that people automatically assume are like that's the 80s sound. Yeah. There's a whole different side of 80s alternative that a lot of people don't even but know the ma- about. The majority of it, again, is feel good. How could this artist be most successful in the future? Keep making musical fireworks. I said continuing to make mu- music and grow your sound. Who would you recommend this artist to and why? Everyone, because I can't vibe with third eye blind haters. Oh, okay. So we were we might have been on thin ice this week, but I'm glad to see you came through. I'm just kidding, by the way. Oh, oh, okay. Sure, you say that. Now that you know how. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to. Did I honestly think that you would stop associating yourself with me if I had a massive distaste for Third Eye Blind? No. No. But it could make for some difficult conversations in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I said (laughs) anyone that wants to find out that they are so much more than semi charmed life, which they are. Like I said, not even the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this artist. That's just some of their upbeat stuff. While it's also good and enjoyable, there's a whole other different, a different level of comfort. This artist will wrap you up like a blanket on those lonely, long nights, but also at the same time, be able to give you some sort of hope and thrive for bigger and brighter things. So it's a, it's a good um, transitional artist. Yep. Sounds good, and even if you're not big into lyrics, some of this is going to be really, it'll catch you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I saw a lot of songwriters this week talking about how much inspiration they've taken away, trying to be more personal, vulnerable, Mm -hmm. and what they say, and unique in their approach. Optional discussion topics? I actually didn't, I intentionally didn't dive too deep into them, because I would like to hear what you have to say. I don't have a whole lot because okay. I've never actually done the deep dive either. Well, dang. Uh, this now is just bad. one of this is one of those groups that has been slowly gaining traction in my top artists for some time. Mm-hmm. It's like I've always loved their work, but oh, if we're getting into it, uh, that are. that album, the greatest hits album, a collection, has again the real version of "Graduate." They weren't allowed when the Blue album came out. They had to put the instrumental of Slow Motion on there because the record label would not let them release the lyrical version of Mm -hmm. Slow Motion. You can hear the lyrical version on that Greatest Hits album. It's it's pretty depressing. Mm -hmm. But uh, there are two B-side tracks on that CD as well, Tattoo of the Sun and My Time in Exile. Just great listens. I noted that the track Got So High from the Screamer album Mm -hmm. had those time signature changes like the speed increases mm-hmm. and decreases, like Shaggy Two Dope's yeah. song, Electric Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> but this was a much better song. Jenkins released a rap single with a friend under the moniker of Puck and Natty. Song was called Just Wanna Be Your Friend, 
and it appeared on the Beverly Hills 90210 soundtrack. And I can't believe that string of words just, just came, came out of, out of my of mouth. mouth. But it did. I can't believe it. Uh, if you've ever heard Love Song by Snake River Conspiracy, that's Third Eye Blind's original bassist you've been listening to. And finally, Stephen co-wrote and produced Vanessa Carlton's Harmonium album while they were dating. And it's an amazing album. He also worked on Heroes and Thieves, but Harmonium is my shit and you hear his influence all over that fucking thing. Hopefully we'll get to cover her soon because I'm pretty sure she's in the jam jar. Yeah. Yeah. You ready to move on to the break? I am. All right, let's move on. any song recommendations or plugs i do but i'm i'm gonna let you go first okay (laughs) my song recommendation is baby let me take you parentheses in my arms parentheses by the detroit emeralds because in a day and age where social distancing is encouraged it's always refreshing to know that there once was a time where people welcomed physical contact i'm digging that too because i've never heard that Oh, I think you'd like it. I will give it a listen. It's on my recommendation list on Spotify. There you go. No plugs for me. No plugs. Okay. No plugs. I'm just I'm just messing with you. Oh, ooh. here we go. <laughs> Nervous. You asked for this. Oh shit! What did I ask for? You asked for another mystery track. I did. You All did. right, sweet. Here's the mystery song. It's a combination. It's a song that samples two other songs, mm-hmm. and if you can tell me what the song is that samples these two songs, you will get to handpick the artist that we cover next. Okay. Cool. Listeners, send me what you got. I think this one's going to be a little harder than my first one. Codes, we're looking at you. Yeah, I I have my suspicions. If somebody writes me, I'm just going to guess that they had to go look it up online and that's Mm. why they're writing me. Okay. But I'm okay with it this week. You do what you need to do. All right. What are they? Ain't Talking About Love by Van Halen. Okay. Which is a good week to bring it up because... Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Yes. He died earlier this week. What did he... Uh, lung cancer? I didn't look that deep into it. Yeah. I just know that... I, I got a very sad message from both my dad and my mom about Fantastic it. Yeah, musician. I, I was lucky enough to get to see him at um, Dos Equis Pavilion a couple years ago with David Lee Roth back as the front man. That would have been cool. It was a good show. Got to see him perform Eruption Live, and it's just as good on the (laughs) album. So, rest in peace, Eddie. Ain't Talking About Love by Van Halen. And the other other child. The other song is Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Oh, damn. So. Okay. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, just based on the look on your face, that it's going to be a tough week for someone to figure this out. Well, the sad thing is, is even if I figure it out, I can't participate. I'm a co-host. This is true. But if I if I figure it out, I'm going to message you and be like, I got you, bitch. Yeah, because you know a few days early. Yeah. Um, if it helps, if people are trying to not look this up online, it is hip hop because it's samples. So that should give something away. And okay. it is older. I want to say early 90s. Wow, you're giving the listeners a lot. Well, because I know somebody's going to look it up 
<laughs> to get the answer. I don't know who would know this. A few of my friends that I don't really talk to as much anymore, okay. they would get this. Um, anyway, the <laughs> the first person to write me specifically anywhere, text me, write me, just don't call me because nobody wants to fucking call them. <laughs> uh, first person to do that, you get to handpick the next artist we cover. So oh, shit. good luck to you. Good luck, guys. As far as plugs go, oh. don't hate me. I'll try not to. Five fast Halloween film recommendations. Okay. No, cool. I don't I don't hate you. All right. I'm going to be quick. Most disturbing film of all time for me, 2007's The Orphanage. Mm -hmm. Genuinely afraid to watch this now that I'm a parent, even if the Peter Pan Lost Boys nod is there. Second, if you'd like a quality film like The Green Mile to be genuinely scary, then you've got to watch Gerald's Game. We almost watched that this past week. Ooh. We chose something else, but it's still on the list. That's got a creep factor, and it's one of those things that in the end, it just, uh, just watch that movie. Okay. So much more than what it looks like. Mm. Anyway, third is an episode of a show called Masters of Horror. The episode's titled Imprint. Only watch this if you want the most brutal watch of your life. And I know people do. Mm. Some people do. They think they've seen, I keep, I always see Audition thrown up there. Oh, it's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, nothing. This is coming from the man that gave my boyfriend... Faces of Death for his <laughs> I birthday about that. three years ago. The complete disc edition, like in its entirety. Fourth pick is I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. You can watch this one with kids, but know ahead of time that it's super gothic, meaning it's slow and poetic. Mm -hmm. Not for everyone. So avoid if that doesn't sound appealing. Last is either Let Me In or Let the Right One In. Uh, the original's almost flawless, but the American takes pretty good too. I think most anyone will enjoy this pick, but if you have trouble with runny noses, stick to the American version. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not necessarily my favorite Halloween films, just some fun picks. Uh, for musical nerds like us, you might want to watch 2012's The Devil's Carnival. Mm -hmm. If you've never seen that, it's pretty good. And I also just saw a film this week called The House That Jack Built and feel like I held my breath through most of it. Mm -hmm. Un wildly unsettling. <laughs> Sorry, Raymond, but you did kind of invite these things into the show with your list. Hey, that's fine. Um, I'm all for it. This past week, we've been trying to watch a scary movie a night. We started out with Hocus Pocus last week, which I say scary movie, a Halloween you, movie. The way you said a scary movie, all I heard was a scary movie, and it's, it made me think of Escalade. <laughs> we watched, if you haven't watched An American Haunting, it's on Netflix. Watch that. I would also recommend Ghost Ship. Yes, this, the story is very dated, but there are some visuals there, and I love a, a spooky story with a good twist at the end. I'm a sucker for that. I also watched 1408, starring John Cusack and Samuel Jackson. Watch that. It was good. Um, and also Identity, if we're on the subject of John Cusack films. Whoa. Yeah, that one's a, got a that's twist. A good one. It's it's really, really, really good. So, But if you are a goofy person, as well as a spooky person, watch Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, or watch Cabin in the Woods, twisty and funny. So, yes. there you go, both, listeners. Both phenomenal films. Yeah. yeah. I love that you could just do that on the fly, too. That's that's awesome. Oh. I have to sit there and think about it forever. <laughs> you can... I just, I thought about them this week, and I... Really wanted to watch Ghost Ship. I've seen it about a million times, but it's still such a good watch, yeah. even although I still hate the, the, the maggot scene that where they're eating those old cans of 
what they think is beans and they look down and it's a bunch of mealworms and maggots. For some reason, my head Not is always me. confusing 13 ghosts with ghost ship and I don't, I don't know why. See, and but... I haven't seen 13 ghosts, but I know, and, and Candyman, which are two very big horror films for y'all growing up. Yeah. I didn't watch them. Some, some horror films just don't hold steam mm-hmm. as much anymore. Hey, watch a spooky movie this week. Yeah. Do that. It's perfect time of the year to do that, and there are a lot of them online worth watching. Oh, yeah. Anyway, are you ready to move on? I am. All right. All right, it's time to cover the bloody beetles. You can cut that out. Oh, you want me to cut that out? Okay. Okay. If I've you're a, if you're proud of it, I don't mind it. I've got blisters on my fingers. Yeah. Nice. That was for Toby, if he's listening, which I know he is, because he, every time he sees me, he goes, so Rayburn, catch everyone up on what's going on in your world? <laughs> <laughs> every time he sees me, since he's been listening to the podcast, it's an ongoing thing. I'm like, thanks, Toby. We get it. You're a listener. Anyway. Anyway. You what? ready? Are you mentally preparing yourself? I kind of, because okay. I think you you may have assumed that I would have some negative feelings towards you for the third eye blind. Listen, no, I'm a little worried that I went I, into it with an open mind. I expected you to do the same. I did. Okay, then I don't think there's anything that we have to worry about. I don't think there's going to be any ill feelings here. Okay, so I'm worried because I see the social media, and I, I thought maybe maybe you showed your hand a little early. Why? Because I own four Beatles albums? Well, you posted something about whether or not Beatles mania is a mental disorder. Psychological disorder. Psychological disorder. disorder. uh, Follow Rated Radio on Instagram. Then I just got the screenshot of like a a normal third eye blind hit, you know? (laughs) So I I think I was... I tried to... Third eye blind will probably be our next post because I try to like even them out on social media platforms. I see what you're saying. The reason why I did Beatles first is obviously Beatles are very recognizable. I own four of their albums and I thought, hey, this is this will be a creative post. But ultimately, I tried to give equal attention to whatever artists we cover. I'm going to let you run the show on this artist. I want to know before we get started, though, how were these albums chosen? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and apologize for the White Album ahead of time, though. I When I saw what we have, I thought you were doing your best to stack it in Beatles' favor. Mm-hmm. Not even just with the albums that you chose, but with the number of tracks. Because those last two albums, it was 30 tracks and then 17 yeah. tracks. Okay, number of tracks didn't even register okay. on, on a strategic I'm level. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I didn't find out. I picked the White Album. I went through and I looked through it a little bit. And then I went to the wiki page to double check um the original tracks and noticed it's a two disc album. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Shane's going to kill me. Cause I realized it's 30 songs. And I'm like, what did I do? After listening to the album, I, I still stand by it. There's a lot of good there. Um, but I tried to bring what in my opinion was the Beatles best. Okay. So moving on to the first album that we covered, which is a hard day's night from 1964. This is not their first album, but I thought it was, right when they started to develop their quintessential Beatles sound. Okay. So this was my second to last. I only gave it two fives. My top track is And I Love Her. My bottom track, I'll Cry Instead. You? Some similarities here. Okay. Uh, this was at the bottom for me. 
I gave it two fives. Top track was And I Love Her. Bottom track was When I Get Home. What I would say is most of this was fours for me. Okay. So I don't dislike this album at all. In fact, well, never mind. We'll, <laughs> we'll get into it. Along, okay. Yeah. The next album we covered was Revolver from 1966. This was my runner up. I gave it five fives. My top track was Here, There, and Everywhere. My bottom track was Love You Too. I will also say that they did a Got to Get You Into My Life, which Earth, Wind, and Fire did a cover mm -hmm. on in one of their movies, which I'll get to later. The Earth, Wind, and Fire cover, the original is a five, in my opinion, but the Earth, Wind, and Fire cover is also very, very good. I was like, is it a six? What are, we, <laughs> what are you about to pull it's on It's equal. It's, it's just a different, um, different take on the song right. that I also still really appreciate because I love that. 70s boogie sound anyway i get that so what is your ratings uh same number of fives i gave it five fives okay. this was in the middle for me my top track to no one's surprise is still eleanor rigby i knew it would be and bottom track i don't understand how this wasn't your bottom track or anyone's bottom track it's dr robert <laughs> not my jam man okay some I... of y'all real linen in where is he Dude. Anyway, I, I'm just, I'm giving it a hard time. This this was also a great listen just to, I'm not spoiling anything, but I think there's a lot of great material in everything that we're listening to. So even though my fives aren't high, mm -hmm. doesn't mean I don't enjoy this playing. I, I definitely like a lot of this music, just don't necessarily love. Yeah, no, I, I completely get you. There's a lot of experimentation, especially in these albums that we're about to come up on. You need to know that going in. If you don't know anything about the Beatles, I'll note one thing later on, but they are an experimental group, and these this group has transcended over time. Yeah, what They've you catch- They've really grown. What you catch in the beginning is a lot of appreciation for the people who came before them mm -hmm. and very uh, pop-centric. 50s, 60s mm -hmm. vibes. Uh, yeah. And then I think they are one of the rare cases I can point to where experimentation was worth the effort. Yeah. Anyway, we're yeah. off topic. Let's hear this full title. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band from 1967. This is my top album. I gave it seven fives. My top track is She's Leaving Home. And my bottom track is Within You, Without You. Oh, mm. feels like a hot take. Oh, is it? Hot take. I don't know. I didn't mind it. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a three because I didn't rate any. Oh, no, it was a two. Never mind. What track is it? Uh, Eight. Yeah, I gave it a four. Okay. That's fine. This was next to last for me. Oh, damn. Shots fired. Pow, I pow. I gave it four fives. Okay. My top track with a little help from my friends. Mm-hmm. Don't mean to sound so basic in these it, things. No way, but it, it's fine. And the uh, Sergeant Pepper's reprise, that was my bottom track. It's not bad. It just feels like you're doing the same thing mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Why? That's <laughs> Which, true. I guess it could have been added on to the end of the first Sergeant Pepper at the beginning yeah. of the album. And this one was, uh, it was a story. trippy, I think, right? This is the one that had like Yellow Submarine. No. It's not this one? Mm -mm. Yellow Submarine. It's on Revolver. Is it? I know it wasn't in Sgt. Pepper's because I associate Sgt. Pepper's with the movie that starred Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees. 
and had that's where um i was going to talk about this later aerosmith sung their version come together uh steve martin was maxwell silver hammer bang 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 if you've never seen it what film are we talking about it's sergeant pepper's only hearts club band it's on hulu it is very 70s ish but they take the sergeant pepper album and put a create a movie around it and there are other people that show up uh alice cooper shows up steve martin aerosmith earth wind and fire it's an interesting movie okay. which i'll probably note it later but my parents made me watch it and i still think of this movie when i think of oh, okay this album so if you've never watched it you might like it i may have to check that out i'm hoping for a better experience than when i watched yellow submarine <laughs> as a serious watch okay moving on to our next album it's the Beatles, better known as the White Album. Mm-hmm. This is from 1968. This was my bottom album. I gave it six fives, though. My top track was Dear Prudence, and my bottom track was Revolution 9, which most people think Hey Jude is their longest song. It's not. Revolution 9 is. Yeah. So there you go. A little tidbit of info for you listeners. <laughs> what, what were your ratings? I can say that as far as bottom track goes, I considered Revolution 9, but that that one is, you know what it is going in, and I think it was probably revolutionary for its time. Mm-hmm. And while I want to blame that song for a lot of the skits and noise tracks that exist that we don't like, mm-hmm. that we come across, my bottom track was Glass Onion. Yeah. Don't know. I gave it the, a two. This album, people are probably out there like... The, there's no fight here on my side. This was my runner-up. I wow. gave it 14 fives. Wow. And my top track was Helter Skelter, which Skelter. is interesting because I had heard pieces of it previously and thought I didn't like that song. I really fucking like that song. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. I gave it a five. This album, the set of albums, I'm sure when it came out, because even listening to it now, the sound is not as dated as some of the other Beatles material. Mm-hmm. And... It still feels like it's breaking ground for what? genre blending mm-hmm. or just moving from one genre to another from track to track. And they did such a good job. Mm-hmm. They're definitely rightfully pioneers in the music industry. They took a lot of chances that could have easily not paid off, especially for the time that it was being released when all this stuff, all the these sounds and this experimentation was foreign to the music industry. Yeah. So if you could, since it was a double album, um, which if anyone's out there that's confused why uh, 14 fives is it's because I cut it in half. Mm-hmm. I cut the purchase value in half whenever I rank the albums because it's a double disc. But it, since it's two, could you off the top of your head name like another track that you really love from the white album? Oh, God, you had to, you had to ask me. I, I feel really bad that I went Helter Skelter. Because there was another track that I could not stop listening to surprise the shit out of me. While My Guitar Gently Weeps. That's a good one. I really, really love that song. Um, Sexy Sadie is on Ooh. on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying um, Come Together was on this album, was mm. it? Or was it that Abbey Road? I think it's the first track on Abbey Road. Okay. Because I could have sworn I gave it a five. Uh, Lu- is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds on? This one or Abbey Road? I don't remember. <laughs> see, see, the it Beatles all... are definitely a greatest hits artist. Okay. Like, you take a lot of their stuff and put it together. Like, it, in my opinion, they would benefit. Obviously, there's been 
albums created of their greatest hits Mm -hmm. because they're so many songs even um on albums that i didn't pick like help and rubber soul and a few um, of my favorite beatles tracks not covered at all in this outing i know and i'm uh, interested to see us doing it again i kind of disagree about greatest hits because they have a lot of material and it's it would be a lot of digging i think to find what's great here Mm -hmm. but to to see what uh, the music industry was hit with When the Beatles were dropping this material that mm-hmm. was, I know it was, you know, not even the 70s yet when the White Album came out. Mm-hmm. So this was, this was peak, uh, this is starting to happen in the world. You know, yeah. you've got so much coming up that but it's so interesting to hear. And I loved hearing it um, for what it was mm-hmm. and the orders that they meant it to be heard in and all of that stuff. A revolution of music. Yes. It definitely fueled a revolution. So you have not said my secondary top pick for the white album yet what is it the one that i could not stop it's another is it blackbird no it's a good song it's another toe tapper like princess jack you off okay but it's country it's rocky raccoon oh my god i could not stop listening to that weird shit i think i gave that one a three okay (laughs) but yeah it's definitely got some southern roots in there and yeah I was like, it was. It told. It was a story. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was a. It was a story track. It wasn't a talk track. No. It was. There was actually singing involved in it. But yeah, I remember. It that was one. fun. Yeah. It was fun. Moving on to our final album, Abbey Road from 1969. This fell in the middle for me. I gave it eight fives. My top track was Golden Slumbers. My bottom track was, I always what Poly Polythene Pam. All right, or polyethylene, I think polyethylene. It, I don't, I don't. Polythene fa- pan. Yeah, polyethylene or, yeah. Yeah, you? Yeah, Um. which, by the way, is another weird linen track. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. there was one, it was a story about a brother and sister. Pam was the sister. Yeah. The brother, w- the brother's song was mentioned right before it. Mm-hmm, which and was my bottom track, it I al- think. It almost got mine, too. Maybe I'm wrong. Is that mean, Mr. Mustard? Yes. 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 And might come as a surprise to some listeners who know how much I'm fond of Seven Mary Three's Lucky because they do mention Mean Mr. Mustard. They use Mm. that as the old man in that song. Okay. But I do not care for this. I just don't. don't. blame you. Mean Mr. Mustard. I would rather listen to the Pam song. Okay. Yeah. Or or the the raccoon song in the previous album. Oh, I would. I'd (laughs) listen to that above a lot. This, This was my top album okay we had the same top track too it was golden slumbers same amount of fives eight of them Mm -hmm. all right yeah which i'm mad at it it's a good album what's interesting about this cd is there towards the end especially uh, you had the two linen tracks and golden slumbers actually ties into uh the track that follows it which i can't think of the name that way yeah which i actually enjoy it's weird because you never see songs where you get the two verses and chorus, and then they just cut the last third mm-hmm. into its own track. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated it here. Uh, Golden Slumbers is really short, too, yeah. because of that. But, but that yeah, slow and then... Dun, yeah, sorry. I just love that song. I, I It gets stuck in my head constantly. Was this the album that had... Or was that the White Album? I Want You, She's So Heavy. I think that's the White Album. Okay. Okay, well, back to the White Album. I Want You, She's So Heavy, I Loved, Helter Skelter, I Loved, It's My Guitar Gently Weeps, 
Um, Happiness is a Warm Gun, White Album. I think so. Happiness is a Warm Gun almost got my top, but it could not beat Dear Prudence, in my opinion. So anyway, sorry. I struggled with Dear Prudence. I I eventually gave it a five, but I had to listen for a while to really know how I felt about it. I'm trying not to have bias toward a lot of the songs that showed up in the Across the Universe I was going to talk about it later. We can talk about it now. It's okay. It's okay. We'll move along. Um, Trying to think of what else I would even want to say. Even though five started out kind of rough for me, I really did enjoy my time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. All right. I can appreciate that. You ready to get on to the questionnaire? Is. All right. Listen it. Listen it. (laughs) What what, What is it that I said? Highly anticipated. Highly recommended. Something like that. It's a little too early in the day I don't for know. me to okay. be recalling things. Moving back, moving back to the questionnaire, what would you say is their weirdest track? Revolution 9. I, I said love to you. I didn't like the Indian sitar in it. Okay. Which you'll get that. I really wanted to love those songs. That's um, who kept doing it. I think it's George Harrison because these are. that's another thing about this group is they're songwriters, mm-hmm. right? Every last one of them. Mm-hmm. And so they always, but they gel together really well at the Mm -hmm. same time. So to see Harrison, I I really wanted to love those songs more than I did. So when you get that Indian vibe, so because I'm immediately wanting Kebab and Curry when we're hitting that stuff. Yeah. I knew I was going to say something about Indian sitar and you were going to be like, fuck you. That's the music that plays at my favorite restaurant. I want to clarify while we're right here that I've eaten at a lot of different Mediterranean, Mm -hmm. Indian, Afghan places. They play music. Kebab and curry does not do... I'm hearing an airplane, not your stomach. That was my stomach. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't hear anything. Indian food. Mediterranean. I I sound... I don't know what the word is. Not racist. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like I'm... Stereotypical? Yeah. Culturally insensitive. It's it's ethnicity type culture. Okay. But uh, kebab and curry is where I hear this stuff. Uh, Most of the rest of those places, they'll have on top 40 jams or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I love going in there and listening to that music. I love that sound. There are a lot of films, like martial arts films, that will do it from time to time. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. I wish it was more prevalent in popular have, American music. I have no room to talk. I obviously must have known this because I bought you a hookah for your birthday yeah. a while back. Anyway, um, what was your best title? Why don't we do it in the road? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good song. I said Golden Slumbers. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. They had a lot of interesting, I it, I got like Lana vibes all over again with the interesting song titles. Like in the very beginning, it was common because they were kind of just establishing themselves and gaining the popularity of like, oh, Beatlemania. And then they got their following and they were like, yeah, now we can do whatever the fuck we want because we have yeah. diehard fans. So, but Golden Slumbers resonates with me because we've all had it. Right. So, anyway, what was your worst title? Long, long, long. Okay. What would you have called it? White Walls Romance. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. Like falling in love in a nut house because it's slow and... Painful? It's just too slow, <laughs> man. Okay. I don't know. I said, Ula di Ublada. Oh. Yeah. I love that song, though. You like the title? Sometimes trying to say it. Makes me sound like an idiot, that's for sure. Obladi, oblada. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I listened to it. I knew the song, but after listening to it again, all I could think about was Lonely Island's Saloon song. Yeah. So I named it Saturday Saloon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. And tell me you can't think of Lonely Island. Uh, don't Saloon ruin this song, song for me. <laughs> what would you say is their strongest element? The bass work and the vocal harmonies. Loved the bass. Loved how clear it was. And yeah, they harmonize really well. Okay. I meant to ask you this before we started the uh, questionnaire. Who would you say? Paul McCartney. Okay. I figured you were a McCartney man. You. Do you want to take a guess? Man, not really. I would have leaned. See, the problem with Star is he's not there much. He's not a, a lead songwriter as much as the rest of them. Um thinking about that family guy where they're like writing music and Ringo comes up and he's like, hey guys, I wrote the song. <laughs> and yes. they look at him and they go, oh, good job, Ringo. We're going to put it on the fridge for everyone to see. Like, I like him his like a material kid. though. Oh, now, God. the problem with, I think, Harrison and Lennon mm-hmm. is they both get it pretty wrong in spots. Lennon maybe more so than Harrison. Harrison can just kind of bore me at times. I'm going to say George Harrison. It is. Yeah. It took me a minute. It is. Um, I got my mind set on you. Yeah, that's why I was doing the snapping. Um, He's a good, like, transitional artist. I really like Sweet Lord that he does, too. Mm -hmm. But I also really like McCartney. I think that had Lennon lived he might have gotten to grow and I would have appreciated his stuff more. And he writes fantastic songs mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Not to be knocked. No. Um, and do you want to tell listeners about how much fun of me you made? We went to a burger place, I think in Keller, and we're sitting there eating burgers and George Harrison's Got My Mind Set On You came on. Oh, and I told you it was George Harrison, one of the Beatles? No, I I had not thought about that song since I was young. Uh-huh. And that happens every now and then. And when it caught me, I was obsessed and mm-hmm. could not stop listening to it. And I think y'all had conversations and I'm still just over there and got my mind set on you land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you made a lot of fun of me after that. for. Yeah. And then you proceeded to put I Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison to the Windmill yeah. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, show. I'll throw that on mentions. So you yeah, can see it. you'll you'll get to see. Shane made it for me because I showed you the clip of the Windmill Kids, yep. and then he put that song to it, and then he proceeded to send it to me or post it. You posted it to Facebook and said, "This is some Rayburn shit." Yeah. So I think the other ones for Windmill Kids that I've used too were for you too. Like I know I I uh, I did a ludicrous one. Which, if you don't know the Windmill, I think it's area codes that I used and. Anyway, if you don't know Windmill Kids, it's a uh, Australian pretty sure TV show that's basically if you've watched like the Mickey Mouse Club or Zoom on PBS, you kind of know the type of show we're talking about. My God. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I week. Oh, you. I done. said, yeah. I still have to say my strongest element: the ability to experiment with different sounds is what I wrote. They were pioneers. That's good, actually. Yeah. When it when it came to. Uh, progressing the music that we see today. Yeah. Hear their early work, never would have known they had such flexibility. Yeah. Wow. What would you say their weakest element is? High treble sound and some careless lyrics. Okay. They do have genius lyrics. They do have great sound. Um, Earlier on, it was pretty high treble, and they do occasionally are a little too repetitive. Mm -hmm. 
where it's just wonky as all mm-hmm. hell. I'm going to sound what I'm what I'm about to say is going to make me you know what? Just say it. I was going to say it's ma- going to make me sound like racist, which I'm not. Uh, I didn't appreciate. Everyone thinks we're racist now because we have said multiple times on the we're show. Not that we're not racist. I know. Um, I wasn't a big <laughs> fan of the Indian influence, like the sitar. It's it's not necessarily the sitar, or the Indian influence. It's the overindulgence. Yeah. Of the sitar playing, it takes away from either the lyrics or the other sounds that they're trying to experiment with. It doesn't it's so just strong. It doesn't just play a role. It's the lead for yeah. a while. Yeah. And then they throw a song on top of yeah. that after the fact normally. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, I've, And it's just an instrument sound. It's not... No, it's... Uh, it's, it's got it, nothing to do I with. appreciate a lot of um, Indian influences. I mean, there's a lot of Bollywood stuff that I like. Yeah. And um, I just think that the sitar covered up a lot of the other art that was happening at the time. It's just a really, really strong instrument anyway. If you're going to listen to a sitar, it needs to probably just be a sitar because it's overwhelming. Anyway, who do you think that the Beatles sounds like? Those first three albums, I would have said it was like someone took the Doors, the Animals, and the Beach Boys and threw them all in a blender. Those last two albums, they've still got that sound, but there are definite... Especially with Abbey Road, I feel like definite Floyd Zeppelin vibes, which is weird because I never thought I would be mentioning Zeppelin and Floyd in the same vein. As the Beatles. I've always wondered why people throw that versus up against one another. And now I get it, uh, Mm -hmm. listening to Abbey Road, which, yeah, uh, that's where Dark Side of the Moon was recorded and had one of the same tape technicians, I think, Mm. on Dark Side. Hmm. I said the Beach Boys, so we have that in common. The Kinks and Simon and Garfunkel at times. I like the Kinks. Yeah. So. They're slept on. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that and most people look at you like, who? Yeah. Come on. You know, their, you know their music. They, they make a cola that you actually like, huh? Isn't that the Kinks? Or Lola? I think it's- It's Lola. Is it called Lola? Did you say cola? Cola. Yeah. Cola. Am I missing something? Maybe. Maybe in the lyrics. I don't know. Oh, like I cherry think that's, what they, that's what they rhyme yeah. it with, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I had to think about it for a minute. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so much second guessing of myself going on. Well, I was doing it too. When would you listen to them or how does the music make you feel? I'm going to be honest. Be honest. I have no idea when I would listen to the Beatles. It's not something that I purposely sit down and listen to. Mm-hmm. I think if it comes on some of these new fives that I know about, it comes on i'm going to listen to it from now on mm-hmm. and the way it makes me feel it sounds much worse than it is but it makes me feel like i'm tired at a party and i think that's because this sound was very ahead of its time mm-hmm. and it influenced almost everything that's come since but it's dated and i think that's why people like me have trouble with it okay you spacey and like i'm wandering barefoot in a field nice thanks maybe under some sort of influence Strawberry fields forever. Forever, yeah. You get the munchies. Strawberries are right there. Yep. I was thinking more of a wheat field. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. A wheat field. Strawberry seems messy. Wheat might hurt. Probably. (laughs) Try to eat it. Yeah. Are you a horse? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What was your first or best experience with this artist? My best experience that comes to mind for me is just 
hearing the ringtone of Here Comes the Sun on my mom's phone. Okay. I worked in the same office as my mother. She worked across the hall from me for years. And uh, there were times when if I was having a bad day, I would just call her phone. So you could hear it? And hang up after a second. Aw, that's cute. So I could hear Here Comes the Sun. Because Spotify was not a thing. Something. I don't know. We were listening to music. I think I had a... I had an iPod back then, so uh, I usually had headphones on mm. when I was not taking calls. Okay. Well, speaking of old ass shit, uh, my first experience, I grew up in a um, a Beach Boys household because my mom's from Florida and she's a beachy lady. Um, as much as my dad liked the Beatles, he never tried to shove the Beatles down my throat. Um, so my real first and best experience with the Beatles was Blue had bought me a Zune, a red Zune. Shout out to those people that remember Zunes. Good Zune. Uh, and he preloaded some songs on it. Hey Jude was one of them, which we have talked about this playing mixtape before. Mm-hmm. Hey Jude was one of the songs that kind of opened my eyes of different styles and sampling of other types of music that I was familiar with. Yeah, The Beatles really made me go back and appreciate a lot of artists that I didn't know and want me to dig dig deeper into where a lot of the music that I was listening to came from. My dad had always, it had always been around me, but I had never done any digging of my own until I discovered the Beatles. So there you go. Okay. Who would you want them to collaborate with and what song would you like them to cover? I don't know why this was on my mind at the time, but I said Little Richard because I think that could be fun. Okay. And I appreciated a lot of their fun mm-hmm. vibes more than I thought I would. Okay. And a song I would want the Beatles to cover, it's a song by an artist named Melanie. It's called Lay Down. I struggled. I wanted something that had an old-timey sound that was somewhat like the Beatles, but I, I wanted a, a stronger version. Yeah. So Lay Down by Melanie. What about you? I didn't list anything because the only living... well. Ringo's still alive. The only living members of the Beatles are Ringo and Paul McCartney. George Harrison and John Lennon have both passed since passed away. So I didn't write anything down. Sorry to disappoint. No, that's cool. I was trying to think about the time. I originally, I was looking at Fats Domino, and I got really upset looking at Fats Domino because he's got a Sexy Sadie, I think, on one of those albums. Does he? From around the same time. I don't know if it's the same song or who did it first or any of that, but... I saw it and I thought, well, no need for that, I guess. What makes this artist seem unique? Uh, They were versatile in their roles. At one point, I I got curious about who played what, and that's a rabbit hole when you start going down it, because they would jump around. They did have primary functions, but they were able to move into just about any role they needed to fill. I'm rambling. No, you're fine. There are some things that I... Have I want to talk about the Beatles that really don't have anything to do with the music, because I went down a rabbit hole. No, I said they also weren't afraid to write wacky songs. I didn't like a whole lot of them, but man, when they were good, they were good. I am the walrus. They had gotten fan mail from one of their listeners that their teacher said that Beatles were, you know, nonsensical, whatever. So they wrote, I am the walrus, just to see how much money and attention they could get <laughs> by literally making a song of nonsense. Yeah. So I Am the Walrus has no deeper meaning, no no lyrics to interpret. They literally made a song about nonsense just to prove a point. So 
You'll never listen to I Am The Walrus the same. I said what makes them unique is their revolutionary pop and rock influence through time. When you when people think of, I would say, like top 50 influential musical groups of all time, yep. the Beatles will absolutely be in, be in that list every yeah, time. I, I would go as far as to say they're probably going to rank at number one for most people if you yeah. sat down to listen to their material. Yeah. Yeah. That's, ju- that's the general consensus. Yeah. But yeah, no, I get you. I almost said top 20, but then I'm like, no, let me broaden my section a little bit. <laughs> How could this artist be most successful in the future? In line with what we were just talking about, I think if you want the Beatles to be more successful going forward, stop filling the new generation's heads with the notion that they are the greatest band ever, mm-hmm. because you go into this group with expectations which are way too high, especially if you, you don't know enough to put yourself in the time, yeah. the position that they came from, yeah. you're going to hear it and think, well, I've heard a million things that sound like this or kind of do this yeah. and they sound better now because things have, you know, technology's better and yeah. we can do all this crazy stuff now, but stop setting that expectation so high, basically. Don't tout them as the greatest band of all time. I love their work and I think they're a wonderful, wonderful band. But yeah, especially with the n- newer generation, I sound so old right now. <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't set their expectations so high because you also have to think what all they have access to and what they're going to relate to. And a lot of that um, earlier, I guess, 60s, early 70s sound when the revolution of, you know, uh, peace, love or love, peace, chicken, grease, whatever, yeah. uh, was going on, they might not be able to relate to it. And don't knock them for that. Let them go on their own journey and find exactly. what they appreciate out of this artist. Because one of the things that I've consistently said about this podcast is just because I knock an artist like Tool or Radiohead or whatever, I feel have continuously found things that I appreciate in every Mm -hmm. artist that I was not as familiar with. And you just got to let them go on their own experimental journey. And they'll find the Beatles have such a large, large discography. They will find something that they can relate to. You just have to let them do it on their own. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a prime example of that because I, I'm really big into oldies Mm -hmm. and I didn't love some of their early really oldies sounding type stuff didn't strike a chord with me. So I didn't have high expectations, you know, moving forward into the the discography, but it really starts to pay off. It's it's just knowing where you should be and you're going to have to figure that out for yourself. And just because they don't relate to certain songs now, as time progresses, there the songs could definitely change in their opinion. I mean, there are songs that I appreciate more now like I was never a big fan of back in the USSR yeah same but growing up it's like I I appreciate it for what it was at the time yeah and uh got a good sound just couldn't relate to it lyrically Uh yeah I mean it's pretty repetitive and it's it was on the white album I think and I was surprised that such a it's the very first song yeah it's it's their earlier sound but it's on one of their later, more experimental albums. So it was kind of refreshing that they still had those roots back to their original sound. But I think that as a band, they had already progressed past that point, and I just sort of put it out of my mind. And if a lot of artists did the White Album these days, I think people would riot because you're used to a fairly particular sound, and they had done some experimental stuff here, but this is pure experimentation. Did you have an answer for that? Oh, yeah, I did. Sorry. Um, 
Oh, no, I didn't. I said um, not applicable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who would you recommend the Beatles to and why? People who hate the Beatles. Okay. Or think they hate the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. because I, I think that I could probably f- help foster an appreciation for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes me sound like I'm full of myself. That's not what I mean. I mean that if you think you hate the Beatles, there's probably a, a side of their material that you've never been exposed to. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Um, I just, I always thought I was not a Beatles fan. I like the Beatles. Yeah. I said any music lover wanting to start either a vinyl collection or learning about the roots of a lot of today's music. That's good. The Beatles is a great introduction artist to a wide spectrum of music before their time, after their time. And it's, like I said, the discography is so large, anyone will find something that they can either relate to or appreciate or be like, hey, this sounds like something else I like. So um, it's def- the Beatles are definitely worth a listen. Um, I have a lot to thank the Beatles for. My taste has grown over time, but had I not had them to lead the way and point in the direction of me developing my own personal taste that was not influenced by my parents at all, because like I said, my mom was not a Beatles person. She actually, she's that weirdo that prefers Beach Boys over Beatles and uh, Led Zeppelin over Pink Floyd. All right. Well, I <laughs> kind of agree with her on the first one. I don't know that I agree with her on the second one at yeah. all. It, but. It, di- it divides my ho- household, um, especially because my dad's a Beatles and Floyd person yeah. and my mom's the opposite. So the Beatles, my dad did not influence. But a- since then, we have learned to appreciate their music together. Yeah. So uh, another thing that I want to say for optional discussion topics, did you know the Beatles went to Peter Jackson and Stanley Kubrick and asked them if they could create a movie about the Lord of the Rings starring the Beatles? No. Yes. (laughs) Can I unknow that now somehow? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So listen to this. Oh, man. McCartney and Harrison... Wanted to be Samwise and Frodo. Ringo wanted to be Gandalf. And Lennon really wanted to be Gollum. Okay. They said no, obviously. But we could have gotten a Hobbit or Lord of the Rings movie way before we actually got them. Wow. I still, uh, I like the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. The great animator, great direction. I like the animated Hobbit as well. Mm -hmm. Those are old. So that's why I bring them up because I, 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 I remember what they I look like. Stuff, so I will also say that if you would like an introduction to the Beatles without dipping into their discography, you know, something to visually enjoy while you're getting more acquainted with mm-hmm. the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's on Hulu. It stars a lot of um, 70s and early 80s artists that you can relate to. I said them earlier. Or... Or Across the Universe. Yeah. Which is... That's what I'd recommend. I haven't seen the others. So I'll show It's up. very good. Um, also, there's A Hard Day's Night, which was the... If, think about Spice World, but the Beatles. <laughs> and in the late 60s. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when when compared to... Uh, uh, Spice World, but the Beatles. Spice World, but the Beatles. I can't knock that because I love the Spice Girls. I do too. Obviously. Anyway. Um, And Shane already mentioned Yellow Submarine. It's definitely one that is interesting. Yeah. To say the least. Make it your new Thanksgiving favorite. Yeah. 
sit swear, around and drop acid together I and watch swear it. I came up with a film for Thanksgiving. I can't remember what it is anymore. It's pissing me off. I know it wasn't Nightmare, but Nightmare Before Christmas is a good go-between. Okay. Oh, I'm rambling. Shut up. You say ramble way too much. Well, we're at an hour and 56 and haven't hit our list. So, yeah. We're, well, remember, we're going to... We're going to cut all the American murder stuff. And this was going to be a long episode to begin with because two of our favorite artists. So do you have any more optional discussion topics? I could go down the rabbit hole of how Paul Paul McCartney was replaced after being in a car accident and all these fan theories that they have going on. But I'm going to choose to refrain and say no. Okay. Uh, You already mentioned the Aerosmith come together cover. Mm -hmm. I think both versions are pretty equivalent. I don't know that I have a favorite between those, the Aerosmith or the Beatles version. The two songs that I do like covers of better than what the Beatles did is uh, the Across the Universe, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Mm -hmm. I like that one better. Mm -hmm. And the theme song from the Wonder Years, Joe Cocker's version of With a Little Help from My Friends. Mm -hmm. I like that one better. He also did Come Together and Across the Universe. He was the pimp. Did not know. Go back and look. That's Joe Cocker doing doing that song. This might surprise some people, but uh, one of my favorite groups also is Thrice, and they did a cover of Eleanor Rigby. Okay. It's not bad. All right. But I do still like the Beatles Eleanor version Eleanor Rigby boy. And I make it sound like it's uh, some crazy standout that I obsess over or something. It's not. I like it's a, a lot good of Beatles song. song. Yeah, that's that one's just really good. I'm sure a lot of people would think that She's Leaving Home is not a good Beatles song, but it resonates with me, and it's a personal preference, and if you don't like it, you can... Get the fuck out. That's what's great about this group, though, is you're going to find songs that you love that other people don't, unless you just hate them all, which uh, those people exist. Vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would not turn on the vacuum cleaner over the Beatles. Nice. That's going to be our comparison for every artist. Is yes. Would you listen to a vacuum cleaner over it? If it's no, then cool. If it is, sorry about your life. Yeah, so if it sounds like we're dissing anybody, just try the vacuum cleaner. Just try the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I hear he's great. We we are not fans of the vacuum cleaner. No. But we are fans of just about everything else we've listened to so far, I think. Yes. Who won for you? Okay. Let me know what's up. Well, coming in. And we will, let me add, you are not bound by any rules, mathematical equations, or anything that I do to get my winners. No. Okay. I I run by my own rating system. I don't even take the uh, purchase value into account Correct. as you do. I do, if I have two albums with the same rating, I will usually take the one that has more fives yep. that, to go higher. Um, with that being said, there's only one artist that I did not give anything under a 4.02 and their average came out to a 4.2 against a 3.6 third eye blind came out on top okay so with that being said i will say third eye blind as much as i love the beatles and i do i absolutely adore the beatles there is at least in the five albums that were provided to me there was an easier listening quality per album over the Beatles. I liked a lot of the Beatles stuff, but they are it's scattered. Yeah, there are four songwriters. Mm-hmm. They are trying to break ground mm-hmm. everywhere, and I think that will drive consistency down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but I mean, I also was very pleasantly surprised with Third Eye Blind. I'm surprised right now. I yeah. you you did just say that Third Eye Blind took your win. Third Eye Blind did okay. take my win. 
which, hey. I mean, that's why I gave you the out at the beginning. Like, if you wanted to say the Beatles, go ahead and say it. I don't know. You're not bound by. It's season two. I've already been surprised with the Rush-Prince comparison. The good thing is, is the same thing with Prince, the Beatles. Their discography is so large, they can absolutely show up again at a later date and get yep. another chance. A few times. A Third few, Eye yeah. Blind can only show up one more time. Yeah. But they've got some killer EPs. And I'm excited to listen to more from both of these artists. I should have uh, maybe taken it a little bit more in, con- into consideration with how scattered the fives are, at least in my personal opinion, from the Beatles. But Third Eye Blind, like I said, a lot of their albums, I could just press play and just leave it on and be completely content. And over time, it's only going to become stronger. Yeah. I promise you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you got me. Do I even have to say mine? No, but I want to know your, your numbers. I went through Third Eye Blind first. So did I. And when I finished, I kind of knew there's no way in hell. So the Beatles had 20 more songs than Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. They had 87 Third Eye Blind had 67 songs. Mm-hmm. Third Eye Blind got 58 fives for me, and the Beatles got 33. Okay. A strong showing for the Beatles, especially considering those first few albums did not rank all that high in fives. And I'm kind of happy about it because it allowed me to say the Beatles are a great group. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of new listeners are going to be turned off if you're saying greatest group of all time. Yeah. Most influential? Hell yes. Mm-hmm. And I can agree with that. Yeah. Especially after the White Album experience, Abbey Road, Revolver. Mm-hmm. I can't sit there and say wow. that about any artist, that they're the best artists of all time. But it might it might be a cop-out. You might call me a coward. Whatever. All I, I know is I gave Third Eye Blind 32 fives. I gave the Beatles 28. That's pretty good. That's not far. No. But the thing is, is the thing that brought the Beatles down is... Those experimental songs that were useless to me, I gave out twos and I gave out ones. Yeah. That's not something that I gave a lot to for Third Eye Blind because their bad songs were kind of in the middle of the road for me. They were like, they were decent. I only have one bad song with Third Eye Blind. Only so. one. And it's 2X Tigers. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> I, well, I don't think we'll ever get away from 2X Tigers. So, but anyway. It, but anyway. This was a great this, listening week. Yes. This was a very, very good week. I was very excited, especially after I got through Third Eye Blind because I didn't know what to expect. I knew what I was getting out of the Beatles because, again, I've listened to so much of it. But the good thing about having Third Eye Blind go up against the Beatles is without the Beatles giving me that intro to grow musically, I might not have even listened to Third Eye Blind. I might not even be half of a co-host on Rated Radio had it not been for the step that the Beatles had me take. Yeah, and I think I take that for granted because I go and listen to stuff on my own, weird, wild stuff. And I, I think if you've got someone who's really pigeonholed that's showing them some really great Beatles material that is more experimental, is more goofy, mm-hmm. or more genre blending, I think will broaden horizons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it did yeah. for you. Yeah, we listened to a lot of... Uh... Beatles in college too. I can drop I can drop so many names right now of my uh, Beatles obsessed uh, classmates and in college, but I'm not going to because Big Dick Clint. No, not Clint. <laughs> not Clint. Let's get on to the second half of our list. Raven, what do you have next? What I have next is something that I have touched on in previous episodes. It's Season of the Witch by Donovan. Makes my list every time. 
still scared to go listen to this. You'd like it. I'm, prob- I'm sure. I probably if would. not, it'd be just okay. I don't think you would hate it. They- Somebody says Donovan, and I hear Mellow Yellow. I hear Hurdy Gurdy Man. Give it, a, give it a chance. What's a that's a good one. Um, if you like weird shit like that, the Frank Zappa's "Don't Eat the Yellow Snow." What the hell? I don't know that. Nice. Oh yeah, that's up your alley. Sweet. I'm really. I, I would have thought your dad would have showed you. He. I bet you know that he song. Might have. Showed I bet me. you know that song. So, "Season of the Witch" by Donovan. I promise it's not as big of a disappointment as Shane is leading it to be. <laughs> I don't know that song, so I'm just talking about the artist's other songs. It's no Tiny Tim, let me tell you. Boy. <laughs> I, I cannot stop thinking about him singing Great Balls of Fire, Shane. Yeah. I was so sad. That's one of your dad's favorite musical I artists. Know. Of, Jerry Lee. I didn't even go looking for that. It just popped up as a recommendation to tiptoeing through the tulips. I can't. I can't. I didn't even know that that was a thing. And now I'm, I can't I mean, the dude it. had a shtick and it obviously worked for him. He remind, he Tiny Tim as if. Gallagher and Weird Al Yankovic had a yes, son. Yes. That's exactly who I think of. Anyway. My next pick is Grim Grinning Ghosts. The artist is listed as Ghosts. I think it was originally part of a Disney short, but it always makes me think about the fun I had getting all the trophy achievements on the Toy Story 3 video game. The song is played during a certain stage, and my wife and I enjoyed the experience so much that we happily played through the game a second time when my save glitched. I was a solid 20, maybe 30 hours into trying to get the platinum on this game and realized I was stuck and I couldn't fix it. So we went back through it again and listened to a lot of Grim Grinning Ghosts. I'm wondering if it's that short with with the skeletons coming up over the tombstones and the black cat maybe a lot of movies i think sample that yeah. disney short and i think i know what you're there's talking an about. artist out there i don't know if uh it's ghosty main it's a new artist he does uh mercury retrogrades a good example his videos are like this black and white old school cartoon yeah and i don't i don't think it's pulled from old cartoons i think he may have a, a an artist that actually does this for him hmm. i'll put some of that on youtube sure huh? thanks next next for me is I know you guys have have no idea what this is. It's "Cry Little Sister" by Gerard McMahon. It sounds familiar. I don't. Yeah, if I'm <laughs> I'm saying if if you've never heard of this song, what what makes this special for you? Lost Boys. Oh, okay. That's the the exact and maybe the craft. I think it played in the craft too. Okay. Uh, which good movie? They're redoing it, and I'm don't I don't condone it. Disagree. What you disagree about them redoing? It? I don't like the craft. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I, I tried to rewatch it. I thought maybe I had bad feelings about it from being young and having to watch it so much. I was much. gonna say you watched it was playing a lot in the house. I tried I tried to watch it again and uh I understand the appeal. Mm-hmm. I just it's kinda like clueless. I don't know, there's something about it that just doesn't does it wasn't made for me. My eye is twitching right now. Not at all. <laughs> wasn't made for me. Nothing wrong with that. That's fine. We've, we've I don't knock about... people who like the craft. That's not where I'm going. Thanks. Yes. Or clueless. Or Clueless. Okay, just making sure I'm not being double-knocked. Paul Rudd is in Clueless. How could you ever... I know. Yeah. I know. I love that man. Anyway. Yeah, Cry Little Sister. It's a good song. Yeah. It's good on its own without the the Lost Boys influence, which watch the Lost Boys. It's dated, yes, but it's still really enjoyable. Anyway. I don't remember how I feel about that one, so don't look at me like you're expecting an opinion. I'm not expecting anything out of you. What's your next pick? Next pick is Mind is Playing Tricks on Me by the Ghetto Boys. Mm-hmm. 
This was the first song I ever purposely associated with Halloween. Unless you listen all the way through, you might not get why. It fits, though. And before Crisscross was even a thing, I recall Jason and I rapping this along with many other songs while swinging at the park. Swings. We're kids. We're not swinging at the park, you know? Okay. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Uh, you took it there, not me. I'm not a swinger, by the way. Thanks, I was wondering. Were you? No. <laughs> Oh. I'm good friends with your wife. I think I think I know where I think that would have been a known factor, is. huh? Yeah, well. Yeah. Not it doesn't it doesn't hurt to in, inform. Right. So there you go. Right. Okay. I have trouble with society's notion of sexual ownership and jealousy and I think it's responsible for a lot of murders in our society and a lot of dysfunction, but I loved spending Halloween at Jason's because his mom took us through the rich neighborhoods where they handed out whole ass candy bars. And Rayburn, that's a trick your parents picked up on before uh, my trick-or-treating days were over too. So they got in on that fun. We went through the rich neighborhoods mm -hmm. on purpose mm -hmm. to get the most candy we could. Mm -hmm. Though Halloween with your dad usually involved surprise scares mm -hmm. or trips to Goatman's Bridge. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm complaining. That man never, oh, I, I would say that they never took me trick-or-treating. They never took me to the rich part of town. So you only got that. I don't remember getting full-size candy bars. I think the only time I went trick-or-treating when you were of age was probably the last year I went. It was with them. Was my mom a pig? What? That one sounds year, so wrong. My One year my mom dressed up as a pig. She was pregnant with Alyssa and she stuck one of those giant candy bowls on her ass and she... Pigs are favorite animal, but she dressed up like a pig, and I don't know if you were with us. I don't remember that. I want to say uh, we met up with uh, some of Eric's friends mm -hmm. and their kids, and we were out in just neighborhoods in Denton. Mm -hmm. And um, I think you Cedric. were the reason, Cedric. Yes, there you go. See, oh, I knew it was going to come to me, Cedric. That was bothering me so much. Yeah. Brendan, Cedric. I think we weren't out anywhere near as late as we wanted to be. You were younger. I think you started uh, getting tired. Mm, that's like not crying, uncommon. Didn't want to walk anymore. That's sort of also thing. not uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> you were you were a young person. Yeah. We were all that person once upon a time. Yes. What's your next pick? My next pick is White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Good pick. Yeah, it's just got that uh that feel to it. I don't. I mean, I don't know why, but I love this song. Yeah. For a lot of different occasions, but it will always make my Halloween mix. And there's also it's so good. Is it so good? There's also a cover that is done for the Sucker Punch soundtrack. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. It. Uh, I think it's the battle against like the Nazi robots or whatever. Okay. That one sequence. Um. Either that or it's the first samurai sequence where she goes into like the dreamscape or whatever. Anyway. Right. Good movie. Yeah. Did not get the clout it, it deserved. No, I think people were looking for more uh, plot or something. Mm -hmm. And I just thought visual effects, mm -hmm. great music. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Yeah, same. Um, but yeah, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. There's a cover in that movie that I also really, really love. But I absolutely love the original too. So makes my list. Cool. What's yours? Gutter Glitter by Switchblade Symphony. All right. <laughs> Here's one most of you have probably never heard of. The whole album this song comes from, though, is a Halloween classic. The music reminds me of that last leg of living in the trailer park. I was a creature of the night. It used to get really spacey with locals like Randall and Ethan. Uh, this is where I started taking jokes too far. Once I'd convinced our Aunt Misty that I was an alien, there was no going back to normal for me. And this CD makes me think about that time in my life. I realized that 
your dad's not the only one who enjoys joking with people. Oh, you mean fucking with people? Fucking with people, yes. Yeah, yeah. He sen- he sensed it in you and that little twinkle in your eye at a very young age. Yes. He thought, this is this is going to be my namesake right here. Good old Uncle Snot. Yeah. The, uh, last night I was trying to get his attention because I kept saying Eric and he would not answer me. So out of nowhere, I just said, Uncle Wordman. <laughs> and he turned around <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, that's how I can get his attention from now on. So Uncle Wordman, Uncle Snot. He's got a lot of different names. By the yes, way, he does. Uh, your song pick was my nickname in high school. Gutter Glitter? Not really. <laughs> I was about to say, there is a song on that CD called Clown though. Yeah. So you mentioned the clown fears mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh my, yeah. 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 There you go, Alyssa. A song for you. I told her um, if she watched Annabelle with me, <laughs> I'd watch- You wouldn't it. even watch that film. I, okay, listen. I, I'm trying to compromise here because I'm an adult and I'm a grown woman. I'll watch Annabelle with her if she watches it with me. Okay. She said very politely, fuck you, no. <laughs> and that was the end of it. So anyway, my next pick- is Mr. Crowley by Ozzy Osbourne. This, from a very early age, was played in my house for obvious reasons, since most listeners know and have heard who my dad is. By the way, he's uh, wondering when he can come on next. His ego has gotten the better of him. Whenever he wants to. I told him he needs to wait a little bit, so. Okay. We don't want to overwhelm people with his personality. Um. I thought his personality brought quite a bit to the table. I I've thought I that agree. about our guests so far. I agree. I'm, I'm I've, loving having people on. Me too. I've been very, very satisfied with, with how different everybody has been. And looking forward, I'm really, really looking forward to who we're going to have on next. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Crowley by Izzy Osborne. It's very early Ozzy. It's got that creep factor. If you listen to any Sabbath or early Ozzy, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a great Halloween artist it in is. general. It is. It comes on his Diary of a Madman album. <laughs> you? Next for me is Boo, Cackle, Trick, or Treat by Sue Schnitzer. Schnitzer, huh? I've got a lot of nieces and nephews, and when they stopped being babies, I wanted to help them be just as in love with Halloween as the rest of the family. Mm -hmm. So I put together a kid's Halloween mix, still listenable on my Spotify playlist, named Pegnote Halloween. This song was on that mix, which I wound up mailing out to anyone on my friends list who wanted a copy at the time. It went over swimmingly well. Uh, I picked this track specifically because the entire Sue Schnitzer album of the same name, Boo Cackle Trick or Treat, is Halloween Gold. Okay. Uh, Parents, you're welcome in advance, assuming you're even listening to my foul mouth. (laughs) Well, on that same note, my next pick is Spooky Scary Skeletons by Andrew Gold. Hey. hey. This song was- That was on my mix. It was? Yeah. Yeah, It's a good song. Uh, This song was introduced to me by Blue. It's- Think about a dubstep version of a classic children's Halloween song. This is it. So it's now forever on my uh, my playlist. Is this the one that has the video that goes along with it? Where it looks like Brian dressed up in spandex doing the, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? You're such an asshole. I hope he doesn't listen. No, I love Brian. It just... <laughs> It kind of looks like him. They put it to uh, that gif. It's from the Tim and whatever show on um, Adult Swim. It's that show, but he's in a black leotard 
with a pumpkin head and he's just dancing really, really weird. And a lot of the time, yeah, Spooky Scary Skeletons by Andrew Gold gets dubbed over the top of it. And don't make me sound like a bad person. Just... <laughs> if, if someone just showed me that video and said, if I knew nothing Look about it, what your which I did, to. and they said, that's Brian, I would have believed the it. The funny thing is, is you can't even see his face. No, I know. It's just a pumpkin man. He's a shape. Everybody <laughs> is a shape. You know he's what I mean? He's a shape. Yeah. People have a shape. Okay. He's a shape. <laughs> Brian, if you're listening, you're a shape. <laughs> Man, what is your final pick? That was it. Spooky, scary Spooky, skeletons. Spooky, scary skeletons. See, you got me thrown around. Oh, my damn. Okay. It's okay, Shane. You're a shape. <laughs> I am a shape. <laughs> your final pick? is Halloween on Military Street by Insane Clown Posse. All right. You knew they'd be here at least once. Mm -hmm. And with good reason. ICP is perfect for Halloween. My Pegnote playlist already has the best stuff mixed for you from Psychopathic Records. I chose this track above the rest because it's tied to one of my best friends as well as most of my favorite Halloween parties. While my Aunt Jennifer may have married Joel and made lots of themed goodies for our parties, there will never be another literal motherfucker on my level when it comes to throwing a party like Joel. If it weren't for all this COVID shit, best believe I'd be enjoying a brew or two with you much more often. And I hope you know it's never Halloween without you. I still remember when they had that Halloween party with the caramel coming out of the baby's ass. <laughs> and they were openly inviting people to just come up and take a dip. I didn't know how I felt about that. It was yeah. a demonic baby. Kind of off-putting. Caramel was delicious, though. I felt like an old person for one of the first times in my life that night. Why? Because we had got back into, we just moved back to Denton, and they wanted to throw a Halloween party because Jennifer had all these ideas she wanted to do for food, mm -hmm. but I felt so out of my element, like trying to, it was hard to remember what our parties used to be. Okay. Versus what the parties had become mm -hmm. over the years, much more toned down. Much, yeah. Yeah. But who was still trying to party his ass off that night? Joel. Joel. That's the night that, no, that wasn't. That's when it turned into karaoke and then you couldn't even hear yourself think. I uh, Yeah. And I contributed to that problem. That was the, that was the party that Blue and I came as Wayne and Garth. Your wife was a doll. I'm not even sure who the hell you were. And I'm trying to remember if we ended, it was, that was the night that we ended up at IHOP. And Joel, we left him and he showed up later, fully dressed in a 70s costume and sat by his cell. Yeah, he wouldn't sit with us. He just got his own little table he and started drinking chocolate milk. We were trying... We were trying to go, and he was dragging his feet. And we're like, all right, we're going without you. And I, we don't know how he got there because everybody else left. Parties used to end two, three in the morning. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody would book it out of there, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, there would be half a case of Coors Light left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're not going to sleep. Joel's like, we might as well stay up till Jennifer gets home. We got all this cleaning to do and this beer to drink. You remember that one time that they met us out at the cabin? Yeah. Okay, so Jennifer and Joel were supposed to show up. It was his birthday weekend, it, I think. It, is what was. it was. They were supposed to show up. These motherfuckers roll up at 10. We are already Plastered. freaking sloshed by that point. Joel and Jennifer roll up. We're in the middle of playing some, uh, I was going to say sex game. Sections, I think, is what yeah. we're playing. Um, so we're playing that. They jump in, and they more than catch up. And everybody's tired. It's like three or four in the morning. Joel's still raging. He goes out into the fucking 
jacuzzi in 40 degree weather with his beers stays there till the sun comes up. Is that the night? Uh, I think people were going to sleep and I was out there talking to him and he was getting mad at me, I want to say, because he's just he's he doesn't want me to go anywhere. But he doesn't want to talk. Well, he's looking up at the stars and he just keeps saying it's fucking beautiful out here. Yes. Yep. That was the night. Yes. Because we were like, oh, we're going to bed. And Joel's like, what the fuck, you guys? Yeah. We should just stay up. Anyway. And what what I hope people understand is that we have had just as many nights where we were idiotic, mm-hmm. having our fun. Throwing shoes and from the upper I feel and... no shame about that whatsoever. I'm, I'm happy for the we were life safe. I've lived. And... Well, I say we were safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was a lot of fun. We're definitely not those people that will stay up till three or four in the morning. Not anymore. Anymore. Like last, they got la- fall asleep at like ten o'clock at night most of the time. Last night I was pushing it, and I was in bed. I think by like twelve thirty, and that was like party night because I was like, I got a podcast to do in the morning, guys. Yeah. Bye. So yeah, it's okay. We're getting fucking old, but it's fun. Okay, well, I think that's all of the list and all of the artists that we've covered. Mm-hmm. So what that leaves us with is drawing for next week. But before we do that. Assuming everything goes according to plan, mm-hmm. our first musical guest will be on next week. That's Neil Ryan from Neil Ryan and the Mistreated on Spotify. Please go listen. I promise you it's phenomenal stuff. Okay, Raven. <laughs> I'm uh, excited. The artist he's chosen is The Clash. Yay. Very much looking forward I'm, to that. It's- it seems like I'm doing something else, but I'm since, excited. Yeah, you're shake waiting it over there. Yeah. So since we're at your place, I'm going to draw. Okay. I didn't want to draw anyway. You must feel very left out. I let your dad do it last. No, you, you. I did it last time. You did it last week. Mm-hmm. It's usually like whoever's closest. I don't give a shit. I drew the Beatles. I made a big thing out of it. You look like you threw up in your mouth a little bit. No, not at all. What? What is it? <laughs> the antis- anticipation's killing me. It's another Lena recommendation. Okay. Thank you, Lena. Yes. For giving us wonderful recommendations. Yes. Raven's really going to be happy about this. It's Blondie. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Blondie and the Clash. All right. I guess next week we will see I'm gonna what come, Neil thinks as well. I'm going to come in here with a sweatband <laughs> and you're just going to have to deal with it. Okay. You do whatever you want I'm to. Gonna, I will anyway. I don't need your permission. Realize you will be meeting a new person for the first time oh, next shit. week. That's right. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not the sweatband. You can. Oh, I can? Yeah. Okay. Just, just to give listeners the impression that I tell you what you can and can't do, because that happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's going to be a change of pace, but I am very much looking forward to this next week, specifically getting to see my friend for the first time in quite a while. Um, again, Neil Ryan and The Mistreated mm-hmm. on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Please go listen. I'm excited. I am excited. I am very excited. I get to meet somebody new. And hear his stories. And just as a reminder, before we check out here, please let us know if you can figure out our mystery song. That's yes. Ain't Talking About Love by Van Halen and Sweet Child, Sweet Child, of, Child of, Mine of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Both sampled in the same song. Let me know what that song is and who the artist is, and you will get to pick our next covered artist. We are at your mercy. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Come find us online and let us know what you want to hear next because it's what you choose to share that ultimately makes your melody unforgettable. You can email us at rated underscore radio at yahoo.com. And with that, we're gone again until next time. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 